Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to the Hashtag Get Merry podcast, helping you live your healthiest, your happiest, your most merriest life possible. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas, AKA the Merrymaker Sisters, AKA the Marys. So are you ready? Let's get merry. Welcome to episode 210 on the Get Merry podcast. And oh my gosh, we are so excited. I know we said that every week, but we're extra excited this week. Definitely extra excited because we have somebody extra on the podcast <laughs> she's so extra <laughs> like actually there's a third person but she's also absolutely amazing so yeah very excited so we would love to introduce all of you to our amazing friend but also clinical psychologist miriam emad and we're so grateful that you're here today to share the microphone how are you I'm good. Thank you for the warm welcome. (laughs) Very, very kind. We love you. So we met Miriam at the yoga studio, Yoga Pilates Studio, and we have this like Sunday morning kind of like ritual thing, right? Like you'll come to Pilates, my class, and then we'll have coffee in the middle (laughs) and then we do Carla's class. Mm. And it's been this really cool thing this year that I think like only – me and Carla have just realized the power of these epic conversations and rituals of like connecting at the same time, like having these really great conversations, like it's brought a lot of joy to our lives. So obviously every chat we have, it's like, oh my God, this is a podcast episode. So it's about time you're on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored. Yay. How important do you think um, like friendships are? (gasps) Super important. So um, I uh, love this intro because this has been a very important ritual for me also. Uh, It's been very nice to kind of have this experience where you connect over something mutual, which was Mm -hmm. moving our bodies Mm -hmm. and then coffee. (laughs) <laughs> and then lots of in-depth conversations and the conversations were also really silly sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah my favorite yes. it just brings a sense of lightness and I think that's a beautiful definition of what friendship is is mm. a, a strong connection based on mutual grounds that's also very deep and connected and also very silly sometimes I love <laughs> that because like yeah. life is so serious sometimes we got to bring the light right that's right yeah. absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. So that's been really special for me too, to have our ritual, Sunday morning ritual. (laughs) Okay, so before we get into all the questions that we have for you, Miriam, we would love to know a little bit more about you. Like, how did you even come to become a psychologist? Like, how did you do that? Yes. Well, that that, that is a long story. I'll try and cut it short. Why? Why? That's a good question. Um, I guess, well, I started off actually – I think I was in grade six and I thought I wanted to be a genetic engineer because I saw this episode on TV for a TV show that I was watching at the time um, of someone who had cloned someone else. And I was like, 
God, <laughs> science! Like, how do how do people do that? Um, so that was really exciting. And then that I slowly the decided that that was totally not going to be my jam. <laughs> uh, too much going on there. Um, so I decided that maybe I wanted to do medicine. So I went in at the first opportunity that I got, um, applied for medicine, got in, did one year. Wow! It was great. Um, it was also too involved it involved a Mm. lot of uh blood and gore that I wasn't so into so I decided um against that switched to dentistry so did dentistry for three years wow do you do that for three years years. I know were you in Australia for that no so I did it overseas I was in the United Arab Emirates at the time and that's where you grew up wasn't it that's where I grew up that's right and it was kind of interesting because some people when I decided to leave dentistry after three years some people said it was brave and some people said it was stupid yeah (laughs) I decided Oh, How long <laughs> did you I have to that. go of your dentistry? Like leaving it two three years. years. Yeah. Wow, so you're over the halfway mark. That's right. That's oh right. Oh my gosh, I, just, I vote yeah. brave. I vote yes. brave and pure, like courageous, Courage. right? Because yes. you're choosing your heart, you're choosing your That's soul right. instead of the brain oh and the mind and what external people say. Yeah, like I think. Boom. Inspirational. Inspirational. And I think the. I, I'm really glad you said that because the. The idea behind it was that eventually I I took a – we had to choose a course that was completely random, um, and I chose psychology. Mm. And it was in that moment, it was one course, and it was in that one course that I decided, oh, I think this is actually where my heart is. Oh. Because I wanted to be in a helping profession, um, hence the medicine and dentistry. Yes. I wanted to work with people, and then I decided I actually wanted them to talk back to me so I can't have ah. my hands in their mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Or like them under anesthetic, right. like they don't really talk, like playing with their heart. That's right. That's right. I decided that wasn't my jam anymore. So wow. and it, it, it really was a moment of choice, I think, where I decided because I, I did enjoy dentistry, but I wouldn't say it was what I loved. Mm. Um, and it was a moment of choice for me where I could have finished it. If I'd put that through the brain filter, mm. it would have said yeah. finish it. Yeah. Um, and that would have taken me probably on just as nice of a path. Yeah. Um, but I chose something else and I decided on psychology. Cool. Oh, I so love it. it. Yeah. What was the, what's the feeling like when you find the thing that you want to do? Ah, that's a, it's a nice feeling, that one. <laughs> I try not to label feelings as good or bad, but um, it was a feeling of knowing. Wow. It was just a feeling of knowing. Yeah, And I, the feeling comes and goes. Mm. So sometimes it is also work and it can feel really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally get that. But it comes and goes and there's always the feeling of knowing when you're on the path, I think. Oh, oh I just got mm. shivers. I, I totally agree 100%. I mean, like we, like similar like we know we're meant to be doing what we're doing and even when that feeling is like gone because yeah. you're like god i didn't sign up the, i didn't sign up for this yes. bloody this this yes. mess yes, <laughs> it's like right. but you're like oh yeah like the good comes with the bad and i think um this is life right it's ups and downs it's it's like massive highs, yeah. there's massive lows. And I think one thing that I've come to learn is that that's guaranteed. And yep. really what is most important is how I look after myself during these times right. and how I manage it and maybe respond to the situation that is happening around me. That's right. Um, yeah. But I li- I feel like this is a good segue maybe to like a cool well, topic. Well, we didn't figure out like, what – how did Miriam then do psychology? Oh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, like and skipping then when, all the magic. And like, where I? did you do that? Did you move? Yes, so I moved. So I ended up I – We need the story. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Everyone, I'm sorry. 
backstory. So I, I did. Uh, once I uh, made the decision and very much along uh, the lines of what you were saying uh, before, Emmy, when, when you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I knew that psychology would be the best way to do something with that feeling, mm. um, but it was a realm. So there were so many things that I could have done besides psychology that mm. would have actually given me that same experience. So yeah. I, I felt like maybe I wanted to share a message. So I could have written books. I could have. Yeah. So there were so many things you could actually do. It, it just comes from that source of knowing yeah. this one mm. path. That So it wasn't so specific that I thought, oh, it was psychology mm. or nothing, mm-hmm. um, but it was just the realm of I actually am really interested in people and in human behavior. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I did, I applied for a scholarship. Um, I got a full scholarship to go to Glamorgan in Wales. Wow. <laughs> University of Glamorgan in Wales. And then I got a part scholarship to um, come to Australia. <gasps> and for some reason, even though it was probably uh, financially not um, the most putting it through the brain filter again, the most ideal pathway. Yeah. I really wanted to be somewhere sunny. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that so cool? So it's like you just had that thing, like, connected to mm. your heart. Like, where did that come from, do you think? Like, that connection to and knowing to follow that instead of listening to the mind because that's such a big struggle, I think, as we all grow yeah, up. Like, because yeah. you do, you, you're so – influenced by maybe your parents or friends or teachers or whoever the media this whatever I don't know politics it's like like what made you become Miriam Mm. who was boom I'm gonna listen to my heart listen to your intuition (laughs) yeah that is a really good question um I don't think it was ever any one thing I think mm. that the process of figuring out what I wanted, um, I have to say, I don't know who I would have become if I didn't become a psychologist because I learned so much about myself along the oh. way and about other people. Um, but I, I do remember having this moment where I thought, well, you know, there were some people that I knew in Wales as well. So I thought, oh, maybe if I go there, I could oh. hang out with them and then I wouldn't feel alone, you know, yes. I, uh, you know both understood and didn't understand the gravity of uprooting your life and going somewhere else. Wow. Um, but I think a part of me knew that I would like support, which is something that people find really hard to admit, right? Like, yeah. like I would like support. I'd like to be around people yes. I know and, and care about. Um, and for some reason, in the back of my mind, I had this image. Um, I'd, I'd met a boy when I was 11 years old <laughs> who told me, who went to my school and told me about the Gold Coast and mentioned a beach and said, there's a beach called Surface Paradise. And the word, <laughs> I, know, I know Surface was not what he described now that I've actually been there. Yeah. <laughs> But how funny. But the, the, I, the image of a place that was something along the lines of a paradise really mm. stuck out. And um, and I just thought I, I kept kind of checking in in the way that, you know, 19-year-old me knew how, which is not the same way I do now. Uh, but I kept checking in and going, oh, you know, I wake up and I think, nope, Glamorgan it is. And then by the end of the day, I'm thinking, I really want to see this beach. Wow. And I just went with that. Amazing. Isn't it amazing that that one conversation when you were 11, 11 like had such an impact on your life and a major life decision. That's right. Whoa. And so when you first saw the beach, what was, what happened? Well, (laughs) when I first landed, I landed in Sydney and thought I could walk to the Gold Coast. (laughs) The map. (laughs) Oh, it was a, kind of a small God. distance. So. You are hilarious. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. So I had to you guys, it's 830 yes. kilometers away if you're so wondering. <laughs> so I got told by um, Julie, who was the person on Jetstar, 
that I had to take a flight. <laughs> this is so funny. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. and um, I ended up taking a flight um, and then landed and hadn't organized a place to live. It was all happened on a whim and wow. it was all so fast. Wow. That's right. And thinking back to it now, uh, 30-year-old me would never do that. Yeah. But um, it was nice. I'm so proud of 19 year old me yeah i'm proud of 19 year old you wow (laughs) it's naivety it's such a um, strength really when you think back to those moments it's like if i knew what i was gonna go through now i wouldn't do it that's right but thank god that you did that's right and and i think the beauty of that naivety is that sometimes we look back on moments like that and we think oh i wish i'd known than what I know mm. now. Mm. Um, and if I knew then what I know now, it would have completely changed oh yeah. the path Gosh. of my existence and oh. that would have been a very different story. Yeah. That is actually a story that I'd be telling. pure yeah. magic, yeah. those words. Yeah, like yeah. how often do you think I wish I knew – like now, yeah. what I like back then. Yeah. yeah, I like that. No, yeah. it would have been completely different. Yeah, that's right. And and you can only do what you can with the information you had at the exactly. time. Exactly. So, so true. It, when you acquire new information, you can do new yeah. things. Yeah. It, yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Oh, it's, it's such so a, amazing. How good is that story? Oh, I know. Yeah, one day you're going to write such moment. an amazing book. I know book. when you said like, oh, I could write books. I'm like, Miriam, you're yeah. going to write a book. <laughs> yeah, like, it's going to be an epic already book. already see it. I'd love that one day. Yeah. yeah. I see I'd it. Love that one day. So maybe, Emmy, yeah. go ahead with your question. <laughs> what am I? What were we talking about? Well, I think we were talking about feelings and you were like, I can't remember what you said, but we talk about feelings a lot on the show yes. and emotions <laughs> and even like – understanding what are emotions like beautiful um well (laughs) okay the one of the most important parts of that is how do you know when you're hungry Mm. your stomach rumbles yeah like it's like feels empty yeah yeah and like it just tells you that you're hungry yeah beautiful so it's a body sensation Yeah. yeah yeah how do you know when you're thirsty a dry mouth yeah yeah, <laughs> so thirsty. Oh my gosh. Or like maybe got a headache. Oh, yeah, that's, dehydrated. You've gone too far. Now. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. Drink yeah. some water. So you you feel like you have a dry mouth, and then maybe you get mm. a headache, and then what does that make you want to do? Drink water. water. That's right. And that's exactly what emotions are. They're actually body sensations that have uh-huh. an action urge attached to them. Oh. Yeah. So if we kind of step through that process, they are basically our body chemistry giving us a message. Wow. So every emotion has an action to go with it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Every emotion has an action. Sadness would be? Yep. Crying? Great example. Absolutely. So sadness would be, the message would be about self-preservation and care because when we feel sad, we kind of sometimes might want to isolate or cry or maybe huddle and Mm. uh, be protected and that's the action urge that comes with sadness. Wow. It? Something needs to be processed, so it urges you to do so. Ah. And so, like, emotions, okay, anger, mm-hmm. that's so, an emotion. Absolutely. Anger's Yell. a core emotion. Yep. So, <laughs> so we're going to list all the emotions and <laughs> talk about right. all the actions. Yeah, I think it's fun. <laughs> no, this, is a, this is great. Yeah. I think it's like a, a thing that, you know, you feel this growing up. You feel all this stuff, but sometimes you don't even understand what it mm. is because they don't tell you at school. They don't – like, I mean, like, I guess, like, our parents help us through it, but – I don't remember having a conversation about mm. the emotions. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Happiness? Yep. So what does happiness prompt you to do? Smile. Yep. And Laugh. 
absolutely. And that in itself gives you the information that you really enjoyed whatever oh, it was that made you happy. Wow. So you're likely to want to do it again. Oh, my God. Okay, so what about <laughs> if we feel this emotion and then we don't do the action? Like what if we block it? Like what if we feel the sadness and we're like, mm, no, nah, I'm not sad because I cannot cry because I do not cry. Yeah, I am some, strong. I am strong. What if, don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah, you get yeah. told not to cry. That's right. So this is kind of the really important thing with emotions is that they're a body sensation. So they are actually something in our body chemistry um, trying to give us a message. And we do have a choice whether we carry out that message or not. Mm. For instance, if I experience something like anger – Anger typically is demanding me to change something or it's giving me information about some injustice happening mm. in my environment. So the primal urge, which of course we all have primal urges, yes. we are yeah. animals essentially. We experience the same exact thing. Mm. It might make me want to um, yell at someone or even hit someone, mm. lash out in some way. I don't necessarily have to carry out that action mm. urge, but I need to listen to the fact that the emotion is telling me there's something that is unjust, oh. which means that it's prompting me to put in a boundary. So whatever mm. that looks like, it may not be following through exactly each action urge, but it may be about listening to what the emotion is trying to communicate in the first place to know what happens next. Oh, my God. Wow. That is so cool. I mean, like, we've all felt that, right? Like, I felt angry at, like, a dumb thing and I want to lash out and it's like, Emma, no, like, this is – you don't do this. You don't raise your voice. Yeah. But I, like I need to address that I felt yes, that. absolutely. Like not ignore it. Absolutely. Okay. And it's the importance of separating the emotion from the action. So uh, a lot of people uh, say things like, um, I, I hate anger. You know, anger makes yeah. me do this. Mm. And anger doesn't make us do anything. The The action attached to the emotion is not the emotion. The emotion is the body sensation. The action that follows is something that can be changed. We don't wow. need to change the emotion itself. We actually need to change the action that comes as a function of oh, it. Oh, my God. That makes so much sense, right? It's so clear. Oh, <laughs> this is so fascinating, That's isn't super it? Cool. Humans are so weird. <laughs> they are so complicated. So, so well, what happens, so like, if you are like so sad and. Or, like, even if it's, like, happiness, like, I wonder if it's the same thing. But, like, when – if you're sad and you're sad and you're sad and you just keep, like, block, 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 like, and don't address it. Or, like, even, like, happiness. Do people do this? I wonder. Mm-hmm. But when they feel happy but they're, like, block the happiness, block the happiness. Yes, most certainly. A lot of people block the happiness. Um, I think that uh, is often a result of doubting our deserving nature mm. <laughs> of the happiness or sometimes the emotion of joy alone can be triggering because we may not have had the experience of joy too much or oh, wow. we may have associated that with every peak of joy we get a dip so we go oh, oh my god it's not safe to go that high or oh, something that's so like interesting. that that's right so things like that can happen a lot um if if we end up blocking or suppressing so in psychology t- terminology we call those repressed emotions um if that occurs it would um if i could bring this visual it would be like putting a tupperware lid on a volcano Mm. (laughs) it will um start to seep first Mm, Uh, the fumes will start to seep and then eventually um there will be some form of a reaction uh that may actually not be aligned to the original emotion at all Okay, mm. so it's pretty important that like we tune into our emotions, right? Like, yes, absolutely. and this kind of yeah. comes. I feel like, I mean, there's some. I don't know. Like, I'm just totally 
Like, I feel like as a kid, Mm -hmm. my emotions were really big Mm -hmm. and they would completely take over me. Like, Mm -hmm. and they'd be like extreme highs, extreme lows. Like, yeah, when I was really happy, like super happy. And Mm -hmm. like when I was sad, I was sad. But I felt everything and I continue to. I feel everything. Like, it's like, boom. Oh, my God, I've got big feelings. (laughs) And then I notice that other people don't have these types of feelings. Mm -hmm. Like, but it is truly important that we tune into how we're feeling because it's like kind of like uh, you feel like – I feel like I'm more in alignment with myself than if I know, mm. if, if I address, okay, I'm feeling this way. And I also am aware when I'm like, okay, I've been sad for a long time and I think it's time I need to like yes. get external help Beautiful. like and whatever that looks like. Yep. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> and That's like – yeah. yeah, seriously. <laughs> and so like – what if um someone is listening to this and being like, I have no idea about my emotions. Like, where do I freaking start? Like, Beautiful. I'm not connected to my emotions. Mm. Beautiful. That's uh, very common as well. Mm. So it's actually really hard to, I mean, ideally we want to be able to put a label on what the emotion is. Mm. That is so hard to do for a number of reasons. A lot of, some people have this natural emotional vulnerability or sensitivity where they do experience emotions in a really big way. Some people say there's a, big genetic component to that and there's lots of other theories out there as to why that occurs um but they're the people that you would traditionally um i guess call empaths or Mm. whatever other names attached to that however typically something that happens um as a result of that is uh, when we kind of when we experience the emotion we might not know exactly what it is that is coming up and that's why we ask to check in with the body sensations. So Mm. the body sensations are usually the thing that will guide us to closer to what the emotion is. So I may not be able to label exactly what it is, but I might know that if I, if my chest feels tight, I need Mm. to breathe. And at that point, it doesn't matter if I can label exactly what the emotion is. So it's almost like working a little bit backwards so um maybe it takes me yelling one time to go oh when my body feels like this i feel Mm. like i want to yell yes which then links me back to what needs to happen when my body starts to feel that makes sense okay so even if we can't label exactly what the emotional experience is we want to get some cues from our body first yeah to know what needs to happen next wow yes it's it's very complex very simple space that's right for like that to happen because sometimes we just like fill up our days and block everything out. That's right. And like when, it, yeah, where is the moment where you get to like, what is my body trying to tell me? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, as as you guys were saying, I mean, there's there's like often a three second gap in between the emotion and the action, mm. and oh. that's why sometimes emotions can feel like they completely take over because oh that space is so small. And if you really think about it. Your body is primed to act that way. I mean, I would hate it if a lion came charging yeah. through right now and I just looked at it and thought, oh, that's a big fluffy cat. Like, <laughs> like, I really don't want to be doing that. Let's play you know? With it. Exactly. <laughs> you want it to fire up yeah. real quick. You want okay. your body to act right. fast right. and to say, this is actually dangerous or this is unsafe yes. or this is safe. I want to go towards it. Yeah. You want those yes. to be things that are ingrained so quickly. Okay. okay, so that's a good thing. But what about when it's like, okay, a trigger or something and I'm getting upset or angry and really the bigger picture, like it does not warrant me to snap. It does not mm-hmm. warrant me to get upset because it's actually not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like what about that three seconds? Is that a good point for me to be like, okay, f- notice it, 
and step back maybe or like figure out how to yes. deal with this without yelling at my sister or yep. like throwing a book at her or something. Yep. Has Absolutely. Happened. Has I did happened that once. Yeah, I did yep. that. Okay. That's okay. Oops. So she missed. The, the, so. The, the, great. I'm so glad, Carla. You still have a hand. So just that's good. really I'm this glad. wave of <laughs> anger. It was yeah. just this like boom. Yes. I, I just was like, wow. That's right. That felt really <laughs> good. Yeah. Like, that was like, good. Yeah. You just throw a book at me. Yeah. Like I said that. Like, Really? <laughs> Did that just happen, Emmy? <laughs> Guys, this was like a little while ago. Like it's not like an old thing. Like when you're like little. When we yeah. No, this is like 31-year-old Emma through book at Carla. <laughs> well, the first thing we kind of want to do in that space oh is acknowledge God. that book throwing will happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, yes, that there will most certainly be moments. Oh where the three-second gap is not enough. And the first thing we want to acknowledge is that that is okay because oh, so they nice. are the teaching so moments. It doesn't, like, get yeah. your eyeballs. Yeah. That's something. right. As long as we don't actually create harm. Yeah. Yeah. In which case that will have its own set of natural consequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we don't want to get ourselves there yeah. if we can help it. Yes. Right? Because we'll find that a lot of people have gotten themselves there yeah. and, and can still do something about it. I mean, mm. we want to keep that hope um, alive at all times that those those moments where we feel like we're out of control or we feel like our emotions took over and we maybe have been trying so hard not to behave in a certain way and we've gone yeah. back to behaving the same way again, mm-hmm. that those are teachable moments. They're not saying that nothing has changed. They're not saying that we're not mm. insightful. They're just saying that there may be still more of a barrier that needs mm. to be worked with. Some more work. That's right. That's right. And it's only in those moments of exploration that I can have this information. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have information about myself if I don't have challenging moments. So true. Um, I think Eckhart Tolle said something beautiful along the lines of um, pain demands change. So he gave the beautiful ah. example of, uh, you know, when we first decide, okay, I'd like to get stronger and I don't know, maybe I go and try and lift yeah. weights or something. I'm creating some discomfort yes. for my body as it so is to yes. start with. And it demands adaptability. So then mm-hmm. my body has to adapt to something different. And that's exactly what happens in those moments when I feel like my emotions have mm. taken over. It teaches me a little bit more about where my threshold is. Wow. So it's so important to learn about that threshold as yeah. much as we can because when we're past that threshold, we are definitely all in our emotions and there's not a lot we can do when we're completely consumed by that Yeah, except try and get ourselves back down okay. to a baseline. Um, however, you can expand the three-second gap through something that people would have heard a lot about through mindfulness practice mm. <laughs> because it's only when I'm aware that I'm being mm-hmm. overcome by my emotion mm-hmm. that I can then bring myself back down in yeah. a three-second yeah. gap or less. Okay, cool. I was so, just going to ask you that because when I did my yoga teacher training, yeah. I noticed like such a big shift in like, yeah. the 10 oh my weeks God, from yes. like, when I started to when I finished. That's 10 right. weeks, That's 10 right. weekends That's right. of like – and I was like – why am I not like I used to be? That's right. And You'd yeah. completely changed, like more compassionate, more empathetic, mm. more understanding of other people's stuff. Yeah. Um, And I want to think about that book throwing thing. And I know like I was so in my ego that day because I had a really like I had a reaction on my face, a skin reaction, mm. and we were filming that day and I was mm. really overwhelmed because yep. – this was a massive, like, obviously I've had a lot of self-esteem stuff in my past mm-hmm. and it was all external and I was just, like, really overwhelmed and I didn't mm-hmm. want to film and I was really upset, sad, angry 
at my face. Yep. <laughs> Poor Emmy. Um, mm. But it was like I was in my ego and mm. so not, not present, not mindful at all. Mm-hmm. So that just shows as well the other side of it. Mm. Like so the the magical practice of mindfulness, wow, mm. and meditation, being present. That's right. And, and it's it's about being aware that you're a little bit more full on any particular day. Mm. So you may have a day that feels really full yeah, um, where you, you might wake up and feel naturally a little bit more overwhelmed or Why might be something. Why is that? And that, that is something that happens. I mean, everything is caused. Everything is caused. But the cause does not have to be directly related to something that happened a few yeah. seconds ago. Yeah. Sometimes just simply uh, events in life, the way we slept, our story is always a vulnerability. Mm. Um, And sometimes the story can be played out in different ways. Sometimes that's anxiety in the morning. Uh, So our story is always something that we carry with us no matter how much work we do. Mm. And we kind of – you know, step back and and honor that um, because that is that is not something that we take for granted. Um, our, our story, our pain, our suffering, everything that comes as a function of that mm-hmm. is something that follows us no matter what we so do. So our story as in like everything that's happened before Absol- this moment? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Everything that happened before this moment is something that we carry within us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if our mind forgets, our body remembers. So wow. this is where everything is stored is in the body. Wow. Um, so – Sometimes the body remembers and you're in the morning and you're anxious and that can happen and that will happen. Uh, And it's important that uh, we don't uh, in any way hope that that doesn't happen because that in itself is a message. That's telling me that today I need tenderness. Today I need slow. Today maybe I need to prioritize. You know, if I have to get up and go to work, okay, I need to push myself Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, But then if I've given myself 15 other commitments after work, I may have to cut down on one of those just Mm. for today because today is a day that my body demanded slow. Oh, my God. This is, like, really it's such a beautiful practice, isn't it? And it's, like, a self-compassion and understanding of self. And, I mean, we've spoken a little bit about this, about self-care and how, you know, it's not the bubble, just the bubble baths and the and the – what else is labeled as self-care generic like it's not even just a massage yeah yeah you know the physical practice yeah like so what like what do you see as self-care and how important is it so at the it's it's super important i want to put that down as like Mm. a given (laughs) self-care is um it's something that a lot of people um look at as something that they earn so you know you do a lot of hard work and then you earn the self-care oh my gosh and um i that is most certainly um, not accurate because mm-hmm. we don't earn our care for ourselves. I mean, if we if we think of ourselves as an infant, does an infant earn the care from their mother? Mm. No. no. That's right. So care isn't something, especially for ourselves, it's not something that we need to earn. It's something that actually needs to be a consistent part of wow. how we exist. Mm. Oh. And I, I remember <laughs> having this conversation with um, – Dr. Sia, who's a friend of mine, and he's a psychologist as well. And he was talking about all the different types of self-care. And um, we, were, we were both kind of uh, uh, surprised because a lot of the time, exactly as you were saying, you know, self-care is about, oh, you know, well, I'm going to go get my nails done or yeah. uh, mm-hmm. put on a face mask. And all of those are beautiful examples of caring for my physical body. However, 
if I don't have emotional self-care and cognitive self-care, mm. then I'm sitting there getting my nails done, telling myself how yuck I am. Mm. Yeah. Or um, I'm thinking about the number of 15 other things that I need to be yeah. doing in the moment that I'm getting my nails done. Wow. And that's not actually a all-encompassing holistic experience of caring for myself. No. Because oh my God. of how we're doing it. Exactly. Okay. And the narrative needs to change as well. Yeah. That this is not something that I just do for X amount of yeah. minutes a day. That it's I carry that compassion uh, with me wherever I go. Because I can do emotional self-care right now. I don't yeah. even have to yeah. take time for it. I can yeah. just uh, tell myself now that I'm okay, yes. um, that I'm doing my best, that today maybe I wasn't as productive as I wanted yes. and that's okay. So they're all things that are emotional um, aspects of emotional self-care that I don't need to take time out to do. I can do them yeah. as I go. Oh, my gosh. It's so practice, beautiful, isn't like, it? Yeah, every moment can be that. That's right. Absolutely. It's like practicing that care, compassion, kindness, acceptance. For That's exactly right. who we are. And it's That's like right. that self-nurturing, isn't it? It's almost like I like that word, self-nurturing. Absolutely. And, I mean, especially when you come through life with this narrative that's like, I need to lose weight. I'm yes. not good enough. I'm fat. Mm. I need to look like her. Yes. Like that is a practice we learn. Many mm. of us learn mm. and we practice very hard and it gets like, ingrained in our minds so it is a lot of it's a lot of undoing I guess because I feel like maybe naturally we Mm. were self-loving and self-caring but then life happens and maybe sometimes these become the louder narrative so it's like Mm -hmm. okay undoing that maybe or like moving through that maybe that's a better word and then learning to add that self-nurturing and self-caring narrative and I like I love in our conversations when Miriam's like and you're like oh like Miriam, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you like give yourself. Emmy's, Emmy's like showing like giving your yes. Yes. So I'm hugging now. myself. Yes. And, like, right. and I totally, oh, I totally okay. do that now. Absolutely. And I think since hanging out with Miriam, yeah. we um like it's funny. Like I just am recognizing that. Like I think we've been more outspoken about mm. that, and mm. especially with work stuff. Like some days, like men, like we have the most unproductive days mm. ever, and we're like, what the heck did we do? And I know old Emma and Carla would have beat ourselves up and yeah. Ka- like Carla especially mm. would have been angry at yeah. us and like we would have been disappointed mm-hmm. yeah disapp- disappointed is the word yeah, yeah. and it's like mm. you know what it's okay and like that isn't that the best like it's okay yep. it's all right. right you're yeah, still right. doing you're, good you're amazing you're, right. still you're okay that's right. yeah that's right what we do is not who we are Oh, and yes. the more uh, the more we can explore who we are outside of um, the the parts that we think are our identity, mm. the, the the safer we feel within ourselves. Because um, sometimes tension and and stress comes from that sense of unsafety. I don't trust me. I don't trust me to follow my rules because my rules are ridiculous and there's so oh, many God. of them. Yeah, <laughs> right? I don't. Yes, and 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 that's kind of what happens is we learn not to trust because I, you know, maybe have told myself that I'm going to wake up at four in the morning and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, and my body doesn't comply because maybe my body wants rest. Um, and then I start to feel unsafe in myself because I think, oh, if I couldn't wake up and do this, then you know, who's going to get me going? if I can get myself going and the the gentler approach to that and maybe the more effective one um, is checking in with what you need before you place those mm. demands on on yourself um, 
that's something that yeah takes time to learn it's so interesting so cool because yeah i i even know like last friday i was gonna go to a pilates class and i slept in Mm -hmm. normal carla would have been like you missed one class like you are bad girl like (laughs) i'm gonna beat you up for like three days now like and you're probably gonna have to go double workouts and make sure you don't eat that and And then i was just like oh mm." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's right. I just, I was just like, right. oh well, like that's, that's okay. nice. Yeah. I'm gonna have a walk instead. That's like right. I just, I was like, my body must have needed more sleep. And mm-hmm. isn't that like the most empower? It's quite empowering, mm-hmm. and you feel like brave and courageous. Yeah. And it's cool to be able to identify that now yeah. and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. I just didn't <laughs> work out. Like yeah, I just, I didn't. didn't do I it. slept Absolutely. in. <laughs> And I mean, like, obviously it's different for different people. Yeah. Like, we have a past addiction to exercise. So, like, yeah, this is a, this is a pretty Big good deal. thing. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there's an um, incredible psychologist called Dr. Marsha Lionhan, and she talks about how when we c- categorize things in good and bad. Yeah. So, you know, when oh we say, God. you know, I do that bad all the time. Carla, yes. you didn't wake yeah. up. Um, <laughs> it's like it's a shorthand, uh, as we were talking about before, the brain likes to go good, bad, safe, unsafe. Yeah. Because that's that's how you make sense of the world, yeah. right? Um, but when we start doing that to ourselves, good, bad, to mm. ourselves, it's almost like a shorthand for consequences. So wow. Marsha describes it as a shorthand for consequences. And if I really went through that, what is the consequence of me not waking up in the morning and doing a workout and doing a walk instead? What is actually the consequence <laughs> of that? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> That's right. So the true. label alone wow. places this oh catastrophic emphasis gosh. on it. But there's actually no consequence. Oh my gosh. That's wow. So yeah, cool. so think about the consequence. Right. Like what what actually have I missed or what has not yes. happened because of that? Or yes. you know, oh actually nothing. Yes. What do I mean by bad? When mm. I say bad Carlo, bad yeah. 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 What do I mean by that? And like, maybe it's good because you got to watch the sunrise anyway, or like, like so much more like, if it's good like, or maybe bad. Maybe I actually gained. Yeah. Like maybe I gained from this. And it's like that's yeah. the whole like preferencing or like patterns and like set of rules. Right. Like we do that, don't we? We make up these crazy rules for that's ourselves. Right. Yeah. In all sorts of aspects of life, I feel like whether it's like I feel like especially like now being single, like I've got these set of rules for like mm. dating and like mm. it's like wow, Emma. You crazy? <laughs> Why you got these rules? <laughs> and and I I really like that we can recognize those things as we're doing them, right? Yeah. Because the reality of it is, I mean, it's it's good to have, it's great to have structure. I mean, if that's how things work, that's yeah, how things work. Okay. That's fine. But the idea behind that is that the structure has to serve, mm. not limit. Yes. Okay. And so when we start to think about maybe old rules that have followed us into our mm-hmm. present moment, yeah. do they still serve or are mm. they simply things that we've kind of carried over because that's how we've always done it? Mm. Um, or, you know, what? why do those rules actually exist? Because some rules serve service yes. um i mean i most certainly still want traffic lights i'm not going to go through you know a red light or anything like that like True. those are things yeah, those are boundaries yeah. that serve us yeah but it the the idea behind it is really checking them out you know how is this actually still serving me if at all so having structure is great we're not saying you know roll over and and don't wake up for mm. your workouts if that's something you committed to but what I'm also saying is if that doesn't happen, um, then you berating yourself is not mm. going to make you want to do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah, just no point to do that because mm. what does it achieve? Nothing. Makes you feel worse. That's right. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, what if, I know. Okay, so uh, I'm trying to think like, okay, someone is 
like I imagine like, you know, like if you're hearing all this stuff and you're like, man, like I know nothing about myself. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I've, I've been there and it's like, where do you begin? Like, is it like you need to go on like this 10 day meditation retreat and be silent <laughs> and be like, okay, let's like, that's like get this awareness of myself but let's figure out who i am (laughs) like what like where do you begin that's a really good question i mean you can totally go to a 10-day silent (laughs) retreat if that's what that's your i do not want to do that um i thought about it i think i like talking it varies (laughs) yeah you're like me too me too i don't know how i'd go in a silent retreat um especially together i like what do you mean i can't speak um i mean there's yes power to power to the people that is great yeah you're amazing you can do that's right tell us about Um, it email us you want to know yes i'd be very curious as well it's something i thought about but i i've never actually done it um i i honestly think that this answer will vary for a lot of people Mm. i think for me personally it really has been about my body so i'm mm. checking in with what my body is saying mm. is the one thing that's going to give you a lot more information than you oh, could ever imagine I like that so even even in situations where you hang out with someone um you know you when you leave that interaction you want to check in with how you feel after oh yeah um, you know those I moments love it. So like our body has so many answers and even as a psychologist my role is not to create anything new my role is to invoke what is already available yeah. so the answer is actually from within and if we can actually connect with the body then i think we're already a step ahead. Amazing. Um, and, I, and I find a lot of answers in lots of other practices as well. I mean, one of the reasons I love Mary Body is because, first of all, there's never any reference, and you guys have talked about this a lot, there's never any reference to anything body related. Yeah. There's yeah. no calories, there's no blah, 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 yeah. none of that, uh, which is awesome. Uh, but the, the other way I really connect with it as well is often on my mat, and when it's just me and the little screen, um, <laughs> I find a lot of answers in that too. Because oh. it, especially, I mean, sometimes even with yoga, you know, your, your breath tells you yeah. how far you've gone yes. and whether it's a space yeah. that feels comfortable or feels doable for you. Even then, your body gives you the answers. So I think that's a nice place to start if we want to explore who and what we are mm. outside oh. of life demands. Yeah. Just I talking know. about wow. that. I mean, it's totally – that's what I was saying. The 10 week yoga training totally mm-hmm. changed me mm-hmm. because yeah. I had those moments yeah. of where I was in my body yeah. and feeling That's everything. Right. And I'd never allowed that to happen before. Yeah. That's right. And so That's it was like giving myself permission to feel everything, to mm-hmm. go into that like mm-hmm. space I've never been in before. And then, wow, you learn so much. Yes. And I mean, and this is why we love yoga and Pilates mm. because it is like this doable tool, like this, this, accessible yeah it's right there and boom you tune in and it's breath and it's mindfulness and it's movement it's physical and it's it's kindness like when you know when something is like oh that doesn't feel right for me child's pose oh my god it's like that's such courage as well it's like this practicing of not just kindness but then courage for like actually pulling back well, I mean, and this is why in a yoga class where maybe you're feeling extra connected, where the emotions just spill out, right? Where that's right. Like 
That's you my favorite crying do place. Do just in cry. Yoga. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yes. I, I cried the other day, yeah. like, and I was like, I don't even know. Mm. Like, something is obviously releasing. I cried like, in the in a yin class the other day. You weren't there, but in the ten forty five oh. yin class, I was in like a low lunge. Low lunge in yin is awful, but magic. And I just like, I go, Carla, just feel like the tension in the hips. I just told myself to feel the tension, yeah. and then it came out in tears. And I was like, Oh my cool. god! Like, it wasn't sad. I was just like, This is so cool. Yeah. And that I mean, cool. it happened at that breath work thing. Oh, I yeah. cried at that too. Me that. too. We just changed the way. Like I breath. I- I breathe in through the mouth, out through the nose for like a minute, focusing on my breath, and then suddenly just like. That's right. <laughs> what? That's right. So amazing. That's right. And and the breath is the anchor. It's something yeah. that we can always come back to, and that is something that is potentially the the biggest tool when we're first kind of touching base. Because um, if if there is any history of trauma or anything like that, you want to be really careful when you're touching base with your body because things do come up. So if that is a a risk for you, make sure that you do it with the guidance of a professional. Uh, But when we're first kind of touching base with ourselves, the first thing we want to know um, or or feel confident that we can do is that we can connect with the breath to bring us back. Uh, Because sometimes when we connect with the body, lots of things can come up and uh, uh, lots of thoughts, lots of memories, lots of um, Mm. body sensations that we maybe don't expect. So if we can anchor ourselves through the breath, that's actually a great place to start mm-hmm. because you know that no matter what, you can come back to that as a, yeah. as a baseline. And mm. in any moment during your day, that's like right. that's yeah. it, it's always with you. That's and then right. never, so if goes. you learn that, yeah. that's right. it's just the best tool ever to be like, oh, where am I? What am I doing? I have no idea. Breathe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. And it's, it's almost like giving yourself what you need. Sometimes you might need a breath. Sometimes you might need a glass of water. Mm. Usually the answer is cake in those basic <laughs> cakes. <laughs> Carla's like answer to everything. You're sad? Eat some cake. <laughs> <laughs> like, Carla, I do not want the cake. It's <laughs> probably not the best idea. <laughs> Definitely it's not. It's really healthy. Yummy I feel like that's like a quite a good numbing tool. <laughs> when, when I will eat my emotions. <laughs> when used in excess, it can be, but a little bit of cake. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of cake. That's the right, right amount of cake. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, oh my this gosh. episode has been so oh, amazing. I love it. I feel like, and oh. I feel like it's just beginning. Yes. It's just beginning to open up so many more questions. Yeah. So many more topics that we can cover with you, Miriam. Because yeah, you have so much knowledge yeah. and Excited. just the way that you share it is so beautiful. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. For and it, being it makes here. it easy to understand, mm. I think I feel like. It's like, so oh crazy. yeah. You helping me understand myself. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you at and home feel like that too. Yeah, it's removing that whole barrier of like it's too hard to understand. Yeah, like the way you explain it, Miriam, is like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. Like, yeah, that is very simple, and I was overcomplicating it. And yeah, this is, okay, I I feel good. I can do oh, this. I can I'm do this so life pleased. thing. I'm yeah. so pleased. Yeah, thank Yay. you, girls. That means a lot to me. Mm. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. Yes, so Miriam. You. If thank anyone you. wants to get in touch with you, yes. where and what? should they do beautiful so um there's a couple ways i am located in a couple of different places at the moment so in mermaid beach and in palm beach so on the gold coast, prob- on the gold coast mm-hmm. that's right so probably best to maybe email so my email is miriam m-i-r-i-a-m dot e-m-a-d dot psych p-s-y-c-h at gmail.com and 
if you would like to actually um, see a psychologist, mm. um, then even if you want to email and find out if there's anyone in your area, mm. I'd be happy to recommend someone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can usually access a psychologist with a mental health care plan. So it actually covers a huge chunk of the financial yeah. outlay and you might just be expected to pay a small gap Amazing. fee. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. in just, Australia, isn't In Australia, it? So, that's right. Oh, my gosh, we're, we're so grateful. We're yeah. so lucky. System. Seriously. And, wow. yeah, I just want to say, like, it's not – it's pure courage and strength seeking external help. And this is why we love people like Miriam because you make us feel that it's okay to ask for help. Absolutely. And because, you know, you might've, people might've grown up, you might've grown up thinking that, no, that's weakness. Yeah. And actually, mm. no, it's the opposite. It's strength. strength. And we're stronger together. Yes. Yes, I love it. So yay, everyone, get in touch with Miriam if you want to reach out. We're going to have her back on the podcast more often, which I'm really excited about. I'm so excited. And if you do have a topic you'd like us to cover, reach out, let us know, and you might just hear it here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, have a great day. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Not see you, but you'll hear us soon. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.